This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lovely cushion header. But Gerrard! Welcome to this, your Champions League preview podcast here on Anfield Index. I'm your host, Andy Wales, and uh, well, the Knights are, are drawing in already. Uh, it's already uh, October. Uh, who, who could believe that? We're almost at October already, uh, which means that uh, it's time again for Champions League. It's time for match day two. And here to help me look ahead to everything that uh, lays in store for Liverpool, taking on uh, RB Salzburg, I will say RB, I won't say Red Bull, is Anfield Index writer Tom Holmes. Tom, uh, welcome to the show. It's a little while since we've done a pod together. Yeah, I can't. Remember. It was. I think we did a group game last year, but yeah, it's been a while. It's good to be on though, and it's um, good to be talking about Liverpool again. Yeah, a good time to be a Liverpool fan as as well. It should be said, and obviously Virgil Van Dijk winning so many individual awards, European Player of the Year and whatnot. Didn't win the FIFA uh, World Player of the Year, however, uh, came came runner up, and uh, Jurgen Jurgen Klopp did get Coach of the Year. So uh, a lot of recognition coming Liverpool's way at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no shame in losing to the best player of all time. Like, you know, as much as I think a lot of Liverpool fans, obviously, what I, I mean, I obviously wanted Van Dijk to win, but I don't, I don't think you can put your nose up at what Messi's done because year on year on year, he's just he's just unbelievable. And I think there's no shame in losing to Messi. And obviously, Klopp, I, I'm really really happy to see him get some recognition because I think he really absolutely deserves it. Um, I think, yeah, I think unlike Van Dijk, I think. Klopp winning was the only reasonable choice in my opinion. So I, I'm, re- you know, it's really good to see, you know, our boys go to these big international award ceremonies and get recognised and get, you know, out put the public profile out there. You know, it's great to see. You know, we, it just reinforces this idea that we belong back at the top table. We belong sat next to the Man Cities, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids, the whatever. You know, we deserved a seat at the top top table now. Absolutely. We are up there and deservedly so. So, yeah, as I said, you know, good time to be a Liverpool fan. Certainly in the Premier League it is. As we record this, six wins out of six. It's the perfect start. But 
not in the Champions League this season, though, not the perfect start for Liverpool in match day one. Away to Napoli. Tom, I would, what I would say is, my, my feeling was, it was a much better performance against Napoli than it was last year when we went there and I thought we were quite insipid and deserved to lose. I feel um, quite harshly done by losing this game 2-0 because I think, in fairness, I think a draw was probably the fair result. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think this was kind of the chickens coming home to roost a little bit because we've had a few performances in the Premier League already this season where we've kind of... We've rode our luck a little bit and we've, the front three have been very, very clinical and the front three have been very, very good all season so far. But in that game, Bobby in particular, Sadio, just some poor decision making in the final third, let us down and some really poor performances, I think, in the final third, which is a shame because I don't, I don't think we deserve to lose the game. Um, and obviously we got a lot of bad luck with the, the goals that we conceded late on, especially the, the penalty. So I think, I, I mean, yeah, it was one of those nights and I think, to take you know we've got a lot of positives to take away from the game and I think the other thing to kind of look at is that's as tough as it's going to get in this group I think you know Napoli are a really good side and there's absolutely no shame in going to them and losing with the performance that we gave um so yeah I think that it's frustrating and it's disappointing but at this stage in the season I think we've got more margin for error in the Champions League as well because we know how good our record is in the knockout stages anyway so we only, all we really need to do is get out of this group and we'll, we'll make a decent show of the Champions League. Whereas in the Premier League, there's more of a every game is critical kind of vibe that I don't think there is in this competition at the moment, especially given we're not here to talk about Genk, but especially, you know, we should get six points off Genk. We just should. So, you know, I think there's plenty of scope for us to kind of put that one as go. Water under the bridge, not the result we wanted, not a disaster either, and just move on to the next one. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd certainly agree with that. I mean, as we spoke about, um, myself and Alex Barilawa spoke about ahead of match day one, uh, you know, Napoli away from home is going to be a tough test. You know, they are a tough team away from home. It is an intimidating place to go. Carlo Ancelotti, obviously a good manager. So it was always going to be our most difficult game. So, yeah, we've got that out of the way. Hopefully uh, we can now get get ourselves back on track and things will be a lot more positive. But more of that game coming up against Salzburg uh, a little bit later in the show because we're going to have a quick look around the groups and see what else has happened. Uh, looking back on match day one then, uh, just to start things off, Tom, Group A, Club Bruges nil, Galatasaray nil, and the headline game, PSG against Real Madrid. In the end, um, quite a comfortable win for PSG, 3-0. Um, a bit of a damp squib really though. I mean, the absolute state of Real Madrid at the moment. Um to go to France and a PSG team that don't have Mbappe, Neymar and Cavani and get absolutely played off the park is embarrassing for them. I think, you know, PSG are going to be PSG. We've seen we've seen their story so many times. So I think the more interesting story there is always going to be Real Madrid. Um, and, I mean, Madrid will get out of that group. You know, they just will. There's no, there's nothing to worry about in the other two games. Club Bruges and Galatasaray. You know, Madrid should beat them both quite comfortably. Um, but I think the biggest story for Real Madrid is they've got to find a way to pull themselves out of this tailspin because they're getting a lot of negative press at the moment. They're really struggling. But I think they have to be looking at the season and going, we are so lucky Messi's injured. If Messi wasn't injured, we could be out of La Liga already. Like They really are in, in that kind of trouble at the moment. And the, the question for them is, how are they going to find a way to pull out of this, this tailspin? And I, I, I think... Results like that PSG one just, I think, expose the, the real issues that that club has at the moment. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, 
one of my initial reactions coming out of that game was um, I, I hope they do get through the group and we get them in the first uh, knockout phase. <laughs> we get to uh, get a measure of revenge. But um, anyway, moving on to Group B, Olympiacos 2, Tottenham 2, and Bayern Munich uh, comfortably dispatching Red Star Belgrade 3-0. Uh, any surprises there for you? I mean, it's it's tricky isn't it you can't underestimate the impact of having to go all the way to Greece which is a long trip and Olympiakos is a very hostile stadium it's a very very good atmosphere so it, it isn't you know I think there's a very much temptation with these sorts of games and we'll kind of vaguely talk about this with Salzburg a little bit in a bit but there's this attitude of if you go to a team that is inferior and that you should be beating you don't win it's a bad result but I think from Spurs' perspective they'll be looking at that and look we're gonna we should beat Olympiakos at home we should do the double over um uh, Red Star, sorry, although obviously the Red Star trip won't be easy either, um, as we found out. So you know, Spurs have got to be looking at it and going, all right, it's not the result we wanted, it's not a great result, but realistically, we're not going to top this group anyway. We've just got to keep going for second. And I think, you know, a 2-2 draw away at Olympiacos doesn't do their chances of coming second in this group much harm at all. No. Uh, group C, Dinamo Zagreb 4, Atalanta 0. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk 0, Man City 3. I mean, no, no real surprises there. Uh, on to Group D, Atletico Madrid, Juventus drawing 2-2 and by Leverkusen losing at home 2-1 to Lokomotiv Moscow. So um, just just thinking, you know, as we look across some of these uh, results from other groups, is, is there anything that makes you think I, I wouldn't fancy Liverpool facing them? And I mentioned that at this stage because I've just said, you know, Atletico and Juventus drawing 2-2. Is either of them sides you, you think, oh, I'd feel a little uncomfortable about Liverpool facing them in, in one of the knockout games? I think both of those teams, Atletico especially, you know they're not going to be an easy game. You know, there's some teams in that competition, like Barcelona or Bayern or Real, which do you think? There are days where we struggle against them and there are days where we just destroy them. Whereas I think teams like Atletico and Juve, you're always going to have to grind. And they might not necessarily be better teams, but they are teams that are going to be very, very difficult to play against. And especially with Juventus, there's, there's, there's always that Ronaldo factor. And he he himself is just a terrifying prospect. And obviously, he's not the player he used to be. And I think there are other, there are better players in Europe at the moment. But his desire and his willingness to to, to score goals always makes him a, a contest. I, I'm not. I wouldn't. Here's the thing. I wouldn't say there's anyone out there that I'm scared of or worried about. I, I genuinely think you know when we drew Bayern in the last 16 last year, my attitude was very much bring it on. I don't think I don't think there's a single team in the competition right now that I would look at and go, I don't really want to play you. Like, and I think that's kind of the attitude we have to take with the Champions League, especially if we want to prioritise the Premier League again. Very much kind of a, we can beat anyone in this competition. If we have to beat anyone in this competition, that's what we're going to have to do. And I kind of, I don't mind anyone. Uh, one other story I did want to pick out from the groups was actually um, RB Leipzig, because I think they are in a really, really strong position uh, in their group. And it would be good to see them finally maybe live up to their European potential, because they've quickly developed into a really really solid side in Germany and it's always nice to see clubs coming from players like Germany or Spain that have been able to establish themselves being able to kick on and take that next step and they've obviously they beat Benfica 2-1 away in the first group of first game of that group which is a really good sign for them they've got Leon at home coming next in match day two at the same time we play obviously I won't watch it because I'll be watching us but that's a game where I think you know Leon are not in a good state right now, and if Leipzig can make that two wins out of two, they're in a really, really good position to to finally kick on and, and maybe deliver some of the promise that they offer in the Champions mm. League. In, interesting point. Uh, just to, to round things off then, Group Group uh, E, which is, of course, Liverpool's group, uh, Salzburg beat Genk 6-2, uh, 
Uh, as we mentioned, Liverpool lost away to Napoli 2-0. Uh, group F is the so-called group of death, where Inter Milan, Slavia Prague drew 1-1, and Brussy Dortmund were goalless at home to Barcelona. Uh, moving on to uh, Group G, as you mentioned, is RB Leipzig's group, with uh, Leon uh, drawing 1-1 with Zenit, and as you mentioned, RB Leipzig beating Benfica away from home 2-1, and yet... They, they could be someone to contend with. And finally, to just to finish off with the groups, then it was uh, Group H, Ajax 3, Lille 0, and Chelsea losing 1-0 at home to Valencia. So, uh, as you mentioned, Tom, that there's nothing other than, i say probably Man City is the obvious one, would be uh, you know the danger for us over, over two legs. But there's no one that really stands out. Uh, and that's, you know, as a, as a real sort of, concern for Liverpool and I think that's kind of testament to just how far Liverpool have come in such a short space of time yeah yeah absolutely I, I think no one is no one is going to be coming out of that group stage wanting to play us uh, our record in two leg knockout ties under Klopp is beyond sensational no one's beaten us over two legs in the Klopp era in what's now three European campaigns that that's un- unbelievable unbelievable there isn't a single team in Europe and I think you know even I think Pep Pep be dreading playing us again in Europe because we have Anfield behind us and we have that atmosphere and Klopp and you know Pep tends to do weird things in Champions League knockout ties he hasn't he hasn't been able to win a, a, a good Champions League knockout tie for a while so I think you know City will want to play us less than they'll want to play almost anyone um you know Barcelona are going to have so many mental scars for playing us so you know even even the teams that I think on paper are the most we should be worrying about the most they will be far more scared of us than we are of them i think you know it, it would be someone like maybe an atletico or a juve or or even a tottenham where there isn't quite as much mental weakness there where there isn't quite as much panic and where it's more of a we don't really have a history with them so someone like atletico is like okay we can we can play liverpool like they're they're a good team but we you know they're a good team but we don't have those kind of mental scars that i think someone like City or Barca would have and I think that's maybe where we might come unstuck someone who's maybe a bit tactically better suited to playing against us where I think Atletico so I think may, maybe Atletico is the main one that you'd look at and go just from a tactical perspective don't really want to play them but other than that yeah I, I agree there's no there's no sort of standout candidates mm, it's uh, certainly an interesting proposition isn't it the thought of uh, just just who could trouble us out there. Um, looking ahead to match day two then across the groups, Group A, Real Madrid versus Club Bruges, uh, Galatasaray play uh, PSG. You've got Spurs Bayern in Group B, plus uh, Red Star at home to Olympiacos. Uh, group C, Atlanta play Shakhtar, Man City at home to Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, in Group D, Juventus are at home to Bayer Leverkusen and uh, Lotomotiv Moscow play Atletico. Uh, Liverpool's group, again, are at home to Napoli. And then, obviously, as we're going to be speaking about, uh, Liverpool are playing Salzburg. Uh, Slavia Prague versus Dortmund and Barcelona versus Inter Milan in Group F. Group G, Zenit versus Benfica and RB Leipzig against uh, Lyon. And the final one in Group H, Valencia at home to Ajax and Lille taking on Chelsea. So, um any of those matches that kind of uh, grab your attention, grab your eye, you think they could be very, very interesting? I mean, obviously Group B, Spurs versus Bayern is the main, sort of the big game, the the game between sort of two really good prospects. I think that's the only one that really jumps out in terms of outright quality. But I think Group H is going to be really, really interesting with um with Chelsea losing at home to Valencia. That really opens that group out a little bit. And obviously we know Ajax are good, whether 
so you know i'd be very curious to see how they stack up against valencia in spain and to be honest with you i'm genuinely curious to see if chelsea can get a result in Lille because chelsea could really be staring down the barrel of finishing third or fourth in this group pretty pretty quickly i mean if if valencia get a result at home to ajax and chelsea don't beat like don't beat Lille already they're going to be staring down the barrel of a gun in that group so that could be really really interesting um Beyond that, there's not loads out there, is there? I mean, maybe Dortmund away at Slavia Prague might be potentially interesting, but there's not there's not loads. I think Lokomotiv Moscow Atletico won't be a straightforward win for Atletico, but that doesn't mean it'll be an interesting game. It'll probably be a, probably be a nil nil. So yeah, there's not there's not loads out there that jumps out. No, the curious one for me, I think, is going to be Barcelona at home to Inter. Um, a test a test for Barcelona. Uh, not only that, but kind of a test as well to see um, see how Inter can handle this because you know uh, Antonio Conte's gone there, the few notable players gone there. It, it could be an interesting one, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, you just don't know with Barcelona at the moment with Messi out, they really are a, such a mediocre team. Um, but again, Inter they're not they haven't quite connected yet, and obviously they struggled at home to Slavia Prague. I think that is the kind of game that. If there was to be an upset, that could really, really spice that group up, especially with neither with no wins in the first game for anyone. So that that is the sort of group where if either Inter or Slavia Prague can upset the big teams early doors, that could really make that group more interesting. Whereas if Barcelona and Dortmund can stamp their authority on that group, it could be quite dead by match day four. So yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how it develops. Yeah. So moving on to to uh, Liverpool's group, Group E. Um, Napoli taking on Genk. I, I mean, the expectation is that Napoli will beat Genk quite comfortably, and you know the, the challenge is on for Liverpool. That uh, Napoli two from two, six points out of six, that we're staring down. It's um, we, we've got the challenge is on for us that we've we've got to be on it really, haven't we? Yeah, I think that that opening day defeat. I've said already there's margin for error, but the the margin for error is smaller after that, and there isn't really scope for us to make a big mistake at this point. I think you know if we we have to win all three of our home games realistically, or at least to at, le- at least beat Red Bull and Genk and get a draw against Napoli. Really, at this stage, uh, um, we should really be beating Genk away as well. So, you know, we've got. I mean, to be fair, we've got a couple of games. I think I think that the way the fixtures have set up kind of suits us at the moment because we've got Red Bull at home and then both games against Genk, so we can very realistically get nine points on the board in our next three games and then take the pressure off the last two a little bit which I think would be good. Um, but yeah, the pressure is slightly on now. But I mean, I mean to be fair, as much as Napoli would be expecting to go and win in Genk, we'd be expecting to beat Red Bull at home. So I'm not, I'm not, I mean, obviously Napoli play first, which puts the pressure on, on us a little bit if they win. But at this stage, I think the way the group's set up is quite nice for us because we could be in a really good position after four games and then be able to kind of coast a little bit by the end because Napoli have got to play Red, uh, Red Bull twice which won't suit them at all. I think games three and four could be really tough for Napoli and hopefully we can just get six points against Gang. So looking at Salzburg then, there's a, a young striker there that um, his surname will, will uh, certainly ring a bell for, for many fans. Uh, Erling Braut Haaland and uh, his dad, um, Alf Inger, used to play uh, in the Premier, uh, Premier League, used to play for Leeds. Uh, he's making quite an impression. Um, I'm absolutely certain Liverpool will be amongst the many clubs that uh, have been watching him. I mean, he's got 17 goals already this season. Um, he got a hat-trick as, as Salzburg uh, beat Genk 6-2. I mean, they were 5-1 up at half-time. So, um, yeah, th- there's 
there's obviously uh, a threat there for us, isn't there? I think Salzburg are a really decent side, and I think they are going to cause us a lot of problems in Salzburg. Um, you look at their home record in Europe, they haven't lost in the last two seasons at home, so they, it's not going to be easy to go to Salzburg. Napoli found that out the hard way last season. Napoli lost 3-1 uh, in Austria last season in the Europa League, so they're certainly not going to be an easy team. Uh, I mean, you look at their domestic record, they are they're light years ahead of the rest of their league. It's really hard to judge them because domestically they're just they're one of those teams that are just so dominant it's not even worth talking about 12 league wins in the last 10 league wins in the last 12 years i think it's six in a row now they've won so, and they're already like five points clear at the top of their domestic league with seven wins out of eight and a draw so they're a really hard team to judge but you but in terms of european competition last year in last year they won six out of seven at home in all competitions in europe because obviously they got knocked out of the champions league by by Red Star on away goals, um, but they won all. They won every group game against Rosenborg, uh, Red Bull Leipzig, and Celtic in the groups. And then obviously they beat, m- demolished Club Bruges at home, beat Napoli at home, and then in the end Napoli were better than them in Naples. So this Salzburg team is a, is a team that needs to be taken very very seriously. But I think equally at Anfield, I think we really really should be winning. I mean, their away record in Europe over the last couple of seasons isn't great. It's not terrible, but it's not great, especially against decent teams. So I think Liverpool really have to be looking at this and going, okay, this is a good side that we have to take seriously and we have to go out and play our best. But we're at Anfield, we are under the lights and at home in this competition, we really, and especially given that I think this is a game we kind of have to win given the makeup of the group and it's a game we should be winning. I think I think we will go out there and win. But I think it is a case of this is a, this is a team we have to take seriously. But we beat PSG and we beat Napoli at Anfield last season. Our home record in Europe is phenomenal. So this is a game that we really should be looking at and going, look, OK, this is a team we have to take seriously. We're, they're not going to roll over, but at home we should be beating them. I think that's the attitude. I think, you know, if we we focus on this game as the kind of the game, I think, because Genk, Genk should be six points. This is the game where we look at and go, OK, win this one. We're in the box seat, go from there. And I think, you know, this is the key game for us, I think, in this group. And it's a game that we really, really should be winning. Yeah, I would certainly agree. Um, how do you expect Liverpool to, to line up in this then? Do you think Klopp will just stick as we are? Do you, you don't think um, we'll have any sort of little nagging concerns about uh, how we how we nullify their threat? You think it's just simply we're Liverpool, this is what we do. You know, we set up. We're at Anfield. We we take teams apart. This is this is how we play. I think I could probably name the starting eleven for that <laughs> Salzburg game now. To be honest with you, <laughs> like there might be one or two tweaks, but I would, you know, at this stage, obviously we don't know about injuries because we might get someone pick up a niggle against Sheffield United. But I would very much imagine it would be Adrian and goal, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robbo, Fabinho, Henderson, Vinaldum, Salamani, Firmino. Like, I'd be very surprised. If barring any injuries, that wasn't the team. Yeah, and I suppose that's what we get to is is there's no you don't expect any sort of surprises from from uh, Klopp. Nothing. Not really. Not any more uh, tactical swaps. No, no uh, notable um, changes of personnel. I mean, Sadio Mane and and um, Navi Keita, obviously ex Salzburg players as well. So there's a bit in there, and obviously we expect Mane to play if he's if he's fit because he does have a little bit of a niggle. But um, you know, as we record this, 
we're expecting Naby Keita to be to be back in action in the the League Cup. So, do you think is there not maybe a potential that Naby Keita could line up next week uh, just as a you know get get more game time and obviously that added in, incentive for him that he's playing one of his former clubs. I would be very surprised because I think it is a big European game and Klopp would like to play his preferred midfield in that game. Um, it's possible that we see Naby, but I think I think he'll he'll look at this League Cup game and he'll be going, I want to work Naby's minutes up and I don't think he'll think Naby's ready for the Champions League next week. I'd like to see Naby maybe play against Sheffield United or, may, or maybe if we're lucky get him against Leicester, but I'd be very surprised if he was thrown into that Salzburg game. And I'd like to see him if he's ready, um, but I'd be surprised. Uh, what what about uh, just you know on the goalkeeper side of it? What about um, Allison then? Have you, have you heard anything? Could you you know could we have a little surprise that Allison might be back in contention by then? Maybe. Um, it's always hard to tell with these things, isn't it? Because they always use very vague terminology as much as they can with his injury. There was a report out today saying that he's very that he's close, but whether that close means after the international break or whether that close means Saturday, you just you just don't know until we get that. I I would be surprised if Allison was ready for next Wednesday, but with that one, it really is just a case of we don't know. I, mm-hmm. I think you know it is very much just a case of it, he only needs to really do one training session, then Klopp will throw him back in just because the. A, because he's the goalkeeper, and B, because Klopp trusts him so much, and we've seen that before. So I would be, if if Allison's fit, he'll play, absolutely, but it's just hard to say whether he will be fit or not. Um, I would, at this stage, I'm going to lean towards saying it'll be Adrian, just because I think I think we'd probably know if Allison was ready for that game. But yeah, it's entirely plausible Allison's fit, uh, and it's just hard to say right now. Yeah. And, uh... Thinking on in terms of key players, then um, you know, safely getting through this one, putting them to bed, getting them three points that we need. Who do you think is going to be key? And I mean, I mentioned Sadio Mane. Obviously, like you say, we've got the you know the former club connections in there. Um, who, who do you think is going to who's going to think is going to be key for Liverpool to uh, to get the three points in the bag and win this game? I mean, it will be the usual suspects. It will be uh, Roberto Firmino. Um, at Anfield, it will be Mohamed Salah, obviously. Um, and I think defensively, I mean, obviously Haaland's a real, real threat. So we are going to have to have Yol Matip turn up. And I think Yol Matip's been in really good form recently. So there's no reason to think he won't. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, in this sort of game where it is, you need your big players to step up. You are looking at your Roberto Firmino's to make things tick. Your Mo Salah's to really take the, t- take the team apart. And obviously your, your Yol Matip's too. Because here's the thing, I don't think, I don't, as much as Van Dijk is a key player, I don't think he's a key player in games because teams tend to go, right, we can't go near him. We're going to target the other centre-back, which means Matip has to step up, which is fine. And I, I, as I've said, Matip's in great form. He's a phenomenal player. I'm really, really happy to see him do well. But I think Matip will need to have a big game if we're going to if we're gonna see them off. Yeah. What about the midfield then? Because what we did see in Napoli was was Milner starting, so you don't think there's there's any possibility that uh, we'll revert to doing that again, We're dropping Milner in the the starting midfield and perhaps losing a little bit of the dynamism that uh, that we get and the control that we get uh, when when he's not there. <laughs> I'm trying to be <laughs> as possible. 
yeah, I don't think Milner will play because as much as I think Klopp likes him for a big away game, I also think that was very much kind of an, oh God, I need to rest Juni van Alden. Whoops. Um, as much as anything else. And given that Milner's going to play tonight, I'd imagine Klopp will think, yeah, Juni can play three games in a week from here. Maybe he'll rest Hendo because Hendo hasn't really had a rest yet. But again, Hendo's going to rest tonight. So maybe we'll see Milner instead of either Hendo or Genie, but I would, again, I'd be surprised just because I think they're both going to get a rest tonight. And I think Klopp will look at that and go, this is a home, for a home game, I can't see him really going with Milner. He tends to go with Milner in the big away games, for like it or lump it. And obviously, I don't like it, but um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I'd be surprised if Milner played, but it wouldn't be a huge shock. Yeah, one final thing on on the midfield then. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, obviously, he'd had a really good start to his Liverpool career and he was in, in you know, in sensational form before he got injured. Um, a long road to recovery, I think a lot of expectation there on him. Um, I think, fair to say, since he's come back, not quite on it yet. Um, do you think there's perhaps a part for him in this game, even as a substitute to to again get some more minutes and get that sharpness back and maybe recover some of that form? Um, I'd like to think so off the bench, but Klopp's, Klopp's weird at subs. You never know quite what Klopp's going to do with it. He doesn't like using his bench that much. So may, maybe as a sub, but I don't think Klopp, I don't think Salzburg at home is the game that Klopp will look at and go, this is where I want to try and get some players some minutes. That's not how that's going to be, I don't think. Um, again, it's the fact that he's going to probably play at least 70 minutes as we're, we're, we're recording this on the Wednesday, so it will be tonight against MK Dons. He'll play 70 minutes most likely tonight. So may, so it's possible that he will get the start against uh, Salzburg. But I would imagine, it again, more likely we'll see him against either Leicester or Sheffield United, depending on his fitness. Um, with, with Ox, it is just a case of patience, I think. And it's a shame, but when you have the sort of injuries he has, you, you know you're not going to see the best side of a player for realistically before Christmas. We won't see the best of him. Um, and it's still an open question as to whether or not he's ever going to be the same player, which is a real shame. You always hope for the best, but it's not surprising at all that he's not there yet in terms of his quality. But all the early signs have been as positive as you might hope for in the sense that his fitness levels seem to be really boosting game on game. And he's clearly got the, in- the in-game intelligence is still there. It's just a case of the technical abilities taking a while to get back into steam. Yeah, so patience is the key there for for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. So, uh, I mean, we've mentioned it. We, we do expect Napoli to win a, a gank away from home. You, you you think that'll be fairly comfortable for Napoli, That, as you mentioned as well, they are in the earlier kickoff. You'd imagine so. I mean, Genk aren't that good, are they? They went. They lost 6-2 in Salzburg. So they're clearly not, not a great team. I mean, I, I would expect Napoli to win that. You always hope that Napoli will slip up away from home, but I think it's more likely they go and win, yeah. Maybe not comfortably, comfortably, but they'll they'll probably win like maybe 3-0, maybe 3-1. Yeah, and, and again, as you mentioned, that puts a pressure on us that we've got to perform and we've got to start, to, we've got to get that first win under our belt. So, um, time to put you under the cosh, Tom. Um, I've got to ask you for a score prediction. 3-0 or more likely 3-1. I think, I think we'll, I think we'll, Genk scored twice against them, so I imagine we'll get a lot of joy. I don't, I don't think they'll play too defensively either, so I think they will kind of play into our hands a little bit. So I think we'll score probably three. We'll probably concede, but it wouldn't surprise me if that ended three 0 as well. So anywhere between sort of three 0 and four one, 
that range. But if you had to stick me down to an exact number, I'd say 3-1. Okay, so you're going for 3-1 then. <laughs> I have to stick you yes. down. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, there was this that for a while, for about, I think it was 17-18, I think it was 17, 18, I'd predict 3-1 almost every game. And it was our, like the score that just never happened. We never... Under Klopp, we never, ever used to win 3-1, but every week I'd predict it as the most likely score, and it would be something like a 2-0 or a 2-1 or a 4-0 instead. But um, the 3-1's starting to come out a little bit more, so I am going to say 3-1. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully your score predictions uh, go fall in nicely with uh, with the shorthand there and, not, and come out on top. Oh, God, I hit shorthand. <laughs> I had to throw that in. <laughs> oh, God. it's If you don't see me for a while, it's because I'm buried under a mountain of shorthand <laughs> but uh, but you are a regular writer on, on Anfield Index just before we go on you so uh, you know people want to uh, check out your work it's always available there uh, yes it will be and you can always check me out on Twitter at TomHolmes19 I've got a piece out at the moment on our title challenge and how the first five weeks of the season were very okay we've beaten five teams we'd expect to beat but now we've got to play Chelsea United City and Spurs in, in space of about a month and a half so by the middle of november we'll have a good sense of whether or not we've got a serious title bid going on sounds good sounds good too so folks do please check that out so my thanks to uh, tom for joining me for this uh chappies a match day preview for uh sorry this champion league champions league a preview for match day two if i can even say that uh, and thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in, listening, downloading the show. Um, that's that's it for this this one. Uh, so we're Liverpool taking on Salzburg. Uh, we're expecting good things. Uh, next time we come round, it'll be ahead of match day three with Liverpool. Hopefully, uh, finally got the three points on the board and a few goals to boot. So uh, until then, from myself, Andy Wales here at the Champions League Preview Podcast, it's bye-bye now. Miller, lovely cushion header. But Podcast Network.